Welcome to the Content Strategy Experts podcast, brought to you by Scriptorium. Since 1997, Scriptorium has helped companies manage, structure, organize, and distribute content in an efficient way. In episode 60, we look at content reuse and how it can benefit your organization. Hi, I'm Elizabeth Patterson. And I'm Gretel Kinsey. And I think we should start by defining reuse. We bring it up a lot as a benefit for structured authoring and for migrating your content to Dita. So what does reuse really mean, Gretel? So at its core, reuse is all about writing content one time and then reusing it in multiple places. And that's opposed to something like keeping a bunch of different copies of the same exact information or even similar information. And what that does by having just one piece of reusable content is it establishes a single source of truth. And that means that your content is going to be more consistent if you just have it in that one place. And it lets you do things like take your existing content and use parts of that to create new documentation. You can kind of um, create multiple documents that reference or reuse the same piece of content over and over. Um, And, you know, an example that we can touch on a little bit, uh, one common one is something like safety warnings and cautions and things like that. You Mm -hmm. see that very commonly in technical documentation. Um, just kind of right off the bat is one very quick and easy way that you can see something that's reusable. But it also might be things like a how-to guide, uh, getting started guide, things like that, that you see the same content over and over. That means that it's probably something you should be reusing instead of right. you know copying, pasting, that sort of thing. Right. And so often, I think that we see companies wasting a lot of time copying and pasting. And this idea of reuse saves time and money, and then it also helps to maintain that consistency across organizations because you might have content in different locations and it might be from different times and you might be pulling from different times and if you don't have all of that together and you're not reusing it efficiently, you might have inconsistent information. Absolutely. We've seen lots of cases where, uh, you know, two different writers are basically writing the same content because there's not that communication and they've kind of written the same information in two slightly different ways. So that introduces that inconsistency. And as you said, if there's not really a good method of version control in place, then if you go to reference some information, you just copy it out of an older version of your documentation then you know, you've gotten something incorrect in right. your documents now. Right. So it's really important to have that single source of reusable truth. So we've defined reusable content. What exactly does reusable content look like? Could you share some examples with us? Sure. Um, so one of the ones I mentioned just a second ago was uh, stuff like safety warnings. But I want to talk about different types of reuse that you can have and then some examples that would go with each. So you can have reuse at the document level. Um, This would be an entire publication, and this would look like uh, maybe if you deliver kind of packages of content with different products, but maybe with every single one they get the same, um, you know, kind of here's how to get started sheet that goes with it, or they get kind of a, a little quick start guide booklet, but then the actual documentation is different product by product. Um, but that one document is the same. That's something that would be reused across those content sets. Um, when it comes specifically to DITA, you can have reuse at the topic level. 
Uh, so a DITA topic can be referenced uh, in different DITA maps, and this might look like uh, you know, a common introductory topic that's used in a lot of different publications, um, kind of like I mentioned before, a how-to sort of thing um, that might be a list of common terms or warnings or cautions that you're going to see. Um, but basically, it's an entire topic that would be reused at different points. You can also have reuse at the element level. Uh, so that would be things like paragraphs, lists, notes, images, anything like that, tables, something where an entire element can be reused in multiple data topics. Um, and that again goes back to that example I gave with safety warnings. That's a very typical use case of that, uh, whatever that admonition is that contains your warning, your caution, whatever um, might appear in multiple different places. And uh, you can also, have reuse at the phrase level. So for example, your company name, or if there's another kind of specific branded term that just one word or phrase can be reused. Uh, there is a caution to keep in mind there, which is if you are localizing, you have to think about how reusing one word or phrase would affect translations. Right. And so that's why we don't recommend just kind of doing it all over the place. It's really more if it is for a proper name or something like that's part of your branding, mm -hmm. so your company name, or something that you want to just make sure you never misspell. You only write it in the one place. And DITA has mechanisms that support all these different types of reuse. So if you're looking at reuse at the document or the topic level, um, that might look like you have a main DITA map and you have a reference to another map that's reusing you know, that document, or you may have a reference to uh, a topic and that same reference appears in different maps. And so that would be reuse at the topic level. Um, at the element level, it might look something like using a content reference or conref to pull in that one reusable table or warning or note or whatever that's uh, you know your one element you're reusing. And then for phrase level, like your company name, that might be supported by a key. Mm -hmm. So DITA has all of these really great built-in mechanisms to support all of these different types of reuse. And, uh, and there are some ways that you can sort of identify what content is reusable so that you can tell which of these mechanisms that might be best for it. Um, and of course, you know, one way is that you might sort of know off the top of your head, I copy and paste this information all the time. I know it's reusable, but if you've got a lot of content or a lot of different people working on it, or maybe a lot of legacy stuff built up and that knowledge is not just right there, there are also tools that can scan your content and tell you here's where you've got an exact match appearing, you know, 20 or 30 times throughout your documentation set, or here's where you've got a very close or partial match, and that's where you can find if different writers have been kind of writing the same thing in different ways over and over. And with technologies like that, then it can pinpoint, you know, here is how much reuse potential that we have, and then the types of reuse uh, that might be in the content. So you can take a look at that and then sort of determine how that is going to affect um, putting reuse in place and what your reuse strategy is going to be when you move over to DITA. So you gave a really good, clear picture or visual picture of what content reuse looks like. And I want to cycle back around to talk a little bit more about the benefits of reuse. And I mentioned a couple earlier, I talked about saving time uh, and saving money, which are both huge, and then also maintaining that consistency across your company. So do you have anything else to add to that? Uh, sure. One thing I want to talk about is localization. And that's because those time and money savings that you get 
uh, really get even bigger and multiply if you have localization as part of your content workflow. And that's because if you think about how translation works, if you are translating one piece of reusable content, you're paying for that translation the one time and then reusing it. But if you are not doing proper reuse and you've got you know that content basically copied and pasted all over the place, then you're having to translate that same piece of content however many times you've got it all over. Uh, so if you really maximize on your reuse potential, and let's say you analyze your content and you find out, oh, like 25% of it is reusable or even up to 40 or 50%, which is pretty typical, is reusable, then all of a sudden you're looking at cutting way down on your localization costs, especially if you look at um, you know, a situation where you're, the more languages that you're translating into, the more those savings can really, really add up. So that's one of the big drivers that we have seen when it comes to developing content strategy is um, needing to get that benefit of reuse to help make localization more cost efficient. So that's a really big one. Um, and as you mentioned on the consistency angle, one thing I wanted to talk about there was that um, reuse can help make content more consistent, not just across a documentation set, but across an entire company. And so this would be a case where maybe you've, you start with your, let's say, tech pubs department, and you get all of the content there consistent, then what about expanding outward to other groups in the organization? So, you know, maybe your training group, your marketing group, uh, if there are any other content producing departments in your organization, I think it's really important for a brand overall to have that consistency across all of those different groups. Definitely. And there are a lot of times cases where there is reusable content. So a marketing you know, website or marketing slick that's handed out at a convention or something like that. If your product is, uh, you know, very technical or if it's like software or even some types of hardware where people need to know what the technical specifications are, uh, that might be a case where you would go into the technical documentation and reuse that content in your marketing materials. With training, there's a lot of reuse potential in organizations because as you bring in new employees and you need to train them on the product, there's a lot of the product documentation right there that could kind of form the backbone of a training course. And then, you know, you might just start with that information and then add kind of how-tos and, and quizzes and things like that. But really, a lot of the content that you need is already in your documentation. So I think that when it comes to helping make sure that consistency is there uh, and, and really helps your entire brand look more consistent, more put together, that's a big place for reuse to come into play. Right, because if your brand isn't consistent, I mean, people are going to question your company. Exactly. It it really um, it doesn't it doesn't really make the customer feel very secure in your product when they see one thing on the marketing side when they're ordering, and then when their product arrives, the documentation looks like it came from a completely different company. Right. So that's really something important to consider, and that's you know another place where you may not think about the immediate. Uh, financial benefits, but if you've got a more consistent brand messaging across all of your content, then that could really help you draw in more customers. And conversely, if you don't have that consistency, it could lose customers and you may not even think about that that might be why. Right. Absolutely. 
Well, let's take a look at some specific use cases for content reuse. Sure. So one that's really, really interesting to me that we've worked on is reuse to deliver targeted content. We've done this for a few different companies, but what this looks like is when you've got all of your customers sort of need one main set of content, but then there's also custom content that's based on things like what version of the product the customer owns, um, maybe what kind of user role they have or what location they're in. You know, there can be all kinds of factors like that where based on that information, they would need to get some additional content that is just for them. And so in this case, you've kind of got uh, you know, a scenario where most of the content is reusable and then it's just these little customizations. And so that's uh, an interesting thing to think about how you would set that up and deliver it. And we've addressed this in a couple of different ways for different organizations. So this might look like, um, you know, maybe using different data maps for different kind of subsets or groups of customers. And it may also look like using one main data map with different filters applied for different customers. So in the one case, you've got these different maps and they're all kind of pulling from the same source of topics. And in another case, you've sort of got just the one main map and then information is sort of included or excluded based on the particular customer's information. Um, so that's you know, a couple of different ways you can do it. And then if you're looking at reuse sort of at the element level, it's also possible to kind of have common topics and then appending that customer specific content via mechanisms like Conref push. Uh, so there are a lot of different ways that you can kind of approach this type of reuse, but that's one scenario that I've seen kind of uh, that, that's not the typical, you know, we need to save costs on localization or we need to save costs on formatting, uh, delivering the sort of targeted custom content to different groups of customers, but still having some material that's the same across the board is a really interesting reuse case that, that we've seen mm -hmm. a few times. Uh, another one is reuse for rebranding. So this might be a scenario where you've got a new you know, company logo, or maybe you've got a new company name or uh, tagline or whatever, and that needs to be referenced in all of your documents. And if you are in some sort of unstructured environment where uh, you know reuse is maybe either impossible or just very, very difficult, you might be looking at a situation where someone would have to go in by hand and copy in that new logo or name or whatever into every single document, which is a huge waste of time. And, very inconvenient. And, yes, and people don't want to do that. So this is um, you know, a, a case where we've seen this be a really big driver for moving to DITA for some companies because they don't want to have to go through the pain of all of that manual copying and pasting. They just want to have that one reusable, you know, logo or, you know, maybe a, a DITA key that's referenced with the company name and just have that, um, you know, be used in all their documents. And then if it ever changes again, if they go through another rebranding in two years, they just have to change out their logo and the name and then all the documents automatically update and they don't have to go through and painstakingly change their branding individually across all of those documents. Right, which would save a lot of time. Absolutely. And if any of our listeners are interested in learning more about reuse and data, you can visit learningdata.com. We actually have two reuse courses 
Uh, one covers the basics and then one goes into more advanced reuse mechanisms. Yes, and um, I, I know that we talked through some of those on here. You know, I mentioned, um, you know, using keys, confs, conref push, all that mm -hmm. stuff. All of that is covered uh, in really nice, detailed how-to information in that second advanced uh, reuse course on learning data. And then the, the first course just kind of goes into the basics of how reuse works. So if you want a nice expansion and some hands-on practice with reuse, then that's a good place to go. Absolutely, and we also have a lot on our blog on reuse and we'll link some of that in the show notes. So with that, I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap up. Thank you, Gretel. Thank you. And thank you for listening to the Content Strategy Experts podcast brought to you by Scriptorium. For more information, visit scriptorium.com or check the show notes for relevant links.